Well, welcome everybody to Rise Church. So glad that you're with us today. My name is Aaron. I'm the senior pastor. And on behalf of my wife, Erica, and all of our staff and pastors, we're so glad that you're with us, especially here with us for the very first time. Hey, I always invite our guests to come back at least three times. Everybody say three times. Three times. Here's why as you go to a new place, you don't always get the best experience on the first experience. My hope is that you come back and we can be your spiritual family. If you're watching online, do me a favor, like, comment, share, leave a review. Uh, do something in the comments that uh, actually helps us get through some of those social media algorithms. It actually helps to get the message of Jesus Christ out. Today is going to be amazing. I'm going to have such a good time today because I'm going to talk about men, and uh, we're going to talk about real men, and, um, but, but with that, I just want to give a caveat. Okay, this is the first time I've ever did, done this uh, in the history of our church. We've been going for about three and a half years now, so, um, but the nature and the content of this message okay, is a little uh, uh, sensitive so, so it's, it, because we're talking about dudes, so, so um, I'm, going to, I'm going to say uh, uh, there's a part of this message that I just want to, I just, if you have littles in here, and you're a mom or you're a dad, and you, you feel like, hey, my littles are not, I'm not ready to have that conversation, you know, or, or, hey, I, I don't know if, if I'm ready for them to hear that. Um, please take them. This is your chance to take them to Rise Kids, which is amazing anyway, which I hope they're in there anyway, right now. So I'm going to give you five seconds and it's all good. Like it's the grace seconds. So if you want to just get up and take your kid, this is going to be a good time to do it. All right. Everybody count with me. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. I gave you a chance. So, all right. So um, we're today, we're going to continue our series called Real Family. And, and last week we talked about um, um, the idea of what, what, what God says about real families and what the Bible really has to say about real families because so much of our culture is, has inundated us with what a family looks like. I, I, I grew up watching a lot of these funny sitcoms. Y'all remember TGI Friday? Like they, you know, y'all remember that? Like on NBC or, you know, we, 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 we don't know this, but so much of what we know about our family and we do from, and we lead our family is given to us by sitcoms, you know, and, or, or, or social media or friends or even our own families that, that are broken and flawed and they're not necessarily godly or biblical. That we just do them because that's what we know and that's what we've seen. And so we model what we've seen. But the truth is, is that there's always a better way under Christ. And so we wanted to learn about what real families were. So please go back. Last week, we, we kind of give the five needs of a real family. Today, I'm going to talk about the five needs of a, of a real man. Of a, of a real man, not the real in terms of like this, like if you're on social media and on Instagram where all the reels tell you guys what men should be and what men really need and what men should look like and how I'm going to talk a little bit today about about what a, a, the five needs of a biblical man. And, and the tension of the series really comes from the idea that the real I see isn't always the real in the world. Right. It's not always what is what is actually real. And, and if I'm not careful, I can build my life or my, my family or my kids based on what, um, what the world tells me it should look like and not what the Bible tells me it should look like. And so um, I wanted to point to one uh, key verse today. And we're going to be in Ephesians chapter five, Ephesians chapter five. If you don't have your Bibles, Ephesians is a book in the New Testament. Uh, it's, it's what we call an epistle. It's a, it's a letter that Paul wrote to a church at Ephesus. So this is a letter Paul writing to a church. These are to believers and he's encouraging believers in the way that they should live with Christ. And it's in Ephesians 5, he starts to get into some really, really familiar language. He starts talking family. And he starts saying, hey, listen, remember, he wants to remind you and I what God was doing when he created the family. And so if you're a, a guy in here, you're going to remember, you're going to know. Most every guy I know who is a Christian knows this verse that I'm going to read here pretty soon. Because you quote it to your wife all the time. And you tell her this stuff, but you forget the verse before it. So we're, we're going to be, uh, what I love about our church is that we don't just teach parts of the Bible. We teach the whole Bible, right? So we want to teach the, the whole Bible and really understand what Paul was saying. So Paul is writing a letter to the church at Ephesus, and he's writing, so he's writing a letter to you and to I, all right? So let's 
us. We'll read, we'll read it together. It'll be up on the screen if you don't have it. Ephesians 5.21. We're going to start in 5.21. It says, and further, submit. Everybody say submit. submit. This is good. Did you get that one up there? I don't know if you have it. Submit. Well, just I'll read this one, and then I think I, maybe i add this to it. Further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Verse 22 says, for wives, that's you ladies, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Now, guys, we've said that, quoted that. You have some of y'all have that tattooed on your back. It's like powerful. And you're like, yeah, this is Bible. Y'all better listen, ladies. You better, you know, you'll walk up. I've done it too. I'm like, read the Bible, honey. You should submit. Just listen. And then she quotes to me the reverse I just read to you right before, which said, we, the, actually, you should submit one to each other. So she's going to use, so she, uh, she does the thing where she, you want to use the Bible. I can use the Bible. So she, she used the Bible back at me. She says, you know, well, you should submit too. I said, okay, I don't have that. I, I scribbled, scribbled that one out of my Bible. So for a husband is the head of the wife. I find it interesting how much Paul has to talk to the guy in just a minute. We'll just, okay, I'll just. For a husband is the head of the wife, Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of his body, of his church. What's funny about that verse is we always quote that like, well, I'm the head of you. But Paul, even in the very verse, describes what that actually means, that you're supposed to, like, serve her and save her and be kind to her and love her. And I'm like, I don't like that verse. I like the first part of that verse because I can manipulate the first part of that verse to get my wife to do what I want her to do. And verse 25 says, for husbands, this means love your wives as Christ loved the church. So he even has to go on to explain it. He just knows, guys, you don't get it. Let me just tell you what I actually mean. This means love your wives as Christ loved the church and he gave his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. That's good. We're going to come back to that. And he did not. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. So Paul is explaining to us theologically that her holiness is subject to our godliness and how we lead her. Man, that's, he that's, heavy for, uh, that's heavy for me as a man. Because it, what it means is, is that she's the garden and I'm the gardener. And I cannot be mad at what comes out of the garden if I'm the gardener. I cannot be upset if the seeds that I'm sowing, I'm already preaching and I'm not even in my sermon yet. <laughs> and no guy's going to amen this part. All the ladies, this is, la ladies, this is your sermon to amen today, okay? So if, you, if you're a lady in here, just let me know you have a voice to amen. One, two, three. Amen. Okay, good. All right. So I'm, just, I'm on your side here today. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body but feeds or cares for it just as Christ cares for the church and we are members of his body. And as the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united as one. That's the one we use in all the marriages. And this is a great mystery, but an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. And this is our key today. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. And uh, interesting set of scriptures that Paul is trying to help us understand. He's saying, you guys are, don't confuse what this thing called family looks like. Let me help you with that. And with that as our backdrop, let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, today that we're here and we're, we're serving your kingdom. We're part of your, your church. And I'm so grateful that we can be in a church and talk about real life things. Because I need help being a better father, husband, and a son. 
better follower of Christ. And God, as you help me, God, maybe you can help us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I was thinking about this the other day. We were, I was talking about like the idea. I was talking to my wife. I'm like, well, you know, what do you think of the five needs of a man really are? You know, like, what do you think of like, what are the needs of a man? What are the needs of a woman? You know, so I just started writing them down in my office, you know, and I'm like, so what are like, like, what are the needs of a woman? We just started talking and, you know, I just started writing down all the things she used to tell me just over my lifetime with, with my wife, you know, and, and, um, we were just talking and I'm like, man, you know, and we just kept writing and writing and like writing, you know, and I'm like, eventually I was just like, I'm not sure if there's anything else in the world that a woman, like ladies, it feels like, can I just speak to you ladies on behalf of guys everywhere? This is what it feels like that you need. Guys, this is your chance to say, okay, all right. It just feels like whatever I have done, there's another page coming, right? And I have not, and I was writing down the other day, so we got done with the ladies' needs after a long time, and um, and we said, well, okay, what's, what, what do guys need? What do guys need? What, what do guys really need? What do guys really, at the end of the day, what do they need? This is kind of the, the list of stuff we came up with. It was not a lot. It's not. At the end of the day, there's a lot of differences between men and women. A lot of chance for misunderstanding. I, was, I read a funny joke the other day. There was this lady and this guy, this couple, they've been living together, married for years. And she looked at, they were having dinner. They're having a steak dinner. She had prepared this meal for him. And he, she, she looked at him and she said, honey, when we first got married 30 years ago, when I made you a steak, you used to cut a little piece of that steak off just for you. And you gave me the big piece. And she looked at him and she said, it feels like you don't do that anymore. You just, now you take the big piece and you give me the small piece. It feels like you don't love me anymore. It hurts my feelings. And he goes, honey, that ain't true at all. I love you so much. Back then you didn't know how to cook. So <laughs> just had to make sure you know, I stay alive. Some of y'all get that in the parking lot. It's called a dad joke. But guys, we all have different needs, but I wrote down, I thought what maybe would be based on Bible, five needs of a man. So ladies, honestly, today this sermon is, is primarily, not exclusively, primarily to you. I'm hoping to bring you insight onto a man uh, that maybe you can um, try to decipher us a little bit better. Maybe there's some, a few thoughts I can give you to love your man and to, to, to honor your man and to, to really do what's, I think, the best needs of a man uh, based on the Bible. And, and if we could, um, and I think even inside of that, guys, I think we, if, if we, should, we should align ourselves to our needs being biblical needs, not selfish needs, not what I want, what God wants me to have. That's what I want to be able to do. So hopefully we can get something. And then guess what? Okay, so ladies, I'm just giving you a preview. Next week, you got to come back because next week then then we're gonna get him okay so so we're gonna get him next week so we're gonna do five needs of a woman next week and that's gonna be really good you're not gonna miss we're gonna do something for the first time ever in the history of our church you're not gonna i'm gonna surprise you next week it's gonna be new it's gonna be awesome we're saying next week i'll be here 
Okay, God, it's all you own. So you made that, you made that code. All right, five needs of a man, five needs of a man. By the way, this list is not exhaustive. Uh, some of y'all do this great. Some of y'all don't do any things at all. This is just, hey, let's get our, get our, our minds grow, going. Number one, five needs of a man. Um, please, if I, if I was to say to all you ladies, if I was to say to, if a man could speak to a woman, he would say, first, please respect me. Please respect us. Please respect us. The Bible says, Ephesians 5, 33. So again, I say to each, must love his wife as he for as he loves himself. And then the wife must respect her husband. These are not requests. Paul puts it in a command form because he knows you will get the best out of them if you do this. Love your wife. Respect your husband. The greatest need in a man's heart is to feel respected by those close to him. Let me say that again. Ladies, the greatest need of your man is for him to feel respected by those who are not just far from him, that are close to him. That word respect in the Greek there meant to revere or esteem. I like this. To treat with deference, which meant courteous respect. And you, it begs the question, is that you? Are you courteous? In the way that you respect your husband. Kids, are you courteous in the way that you might respect your father? That there is a level of, I'll even point it this way. There, parents, are you courteous in the way that you respect your young sons? My wife teaches me a lot about, I have five boys. And um, she has to remind me regularly. Because like I'm a dad. And you know, as dads, we can kind of, we're real good at like catching the thing that they do wrong. Like, I'm really good at that. Like, I'm like, yeah, like, it's like, this is, this is easy for me. I'm like, oh, they're like, what did he do right? I don't know, but I know what he did wrong. <laughs> and she always tells me, Aaron, be careful, be careful. You have to show them respect. They need it. Even as a young man, they need it because they're, they're young men. They need respect. And so, and so it looks like two things. It looks like, number one, what you say is how you respect them, right? So because every man needs to feel like his family's proud of him, um, it will primarily come from your words. And so ladies, science already pro proves this, right? This ain't even Bible. This is just science. We know that you guys have more words than guys. I was reading something. They said that the, the we prim guys, we primarily use the left hemisphere of our brain and women use primarily the whole hemisphere of their brain. <laughs> and so there is truth to the idea that we do things that we don't really think through because we don't, parts of us use most of our brain. And because you speak more and use more words, you, that is a big weapon if you want to use it as that, or it's a big blessing if you would like to use it like that. It is in what we say. I like what the Bible says. This is a classic verse for us to know. It's Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of what you say. It's in your tongue. And if that's true, you got to be careful because if you're close to him, your words carry way more weight. And I know what you're thinking, ladies, because this is what always comes up in counseling. But pastor... I know the Bible says to respect him, 
But what if he don't do stuff that's respectful-able-able-able? Right? Isn't that the tension you're all feeling right now? Like, well, that's fine, Pastor. I know they're in a utopia in a world. Maybe in heaven I'll respect him. <laughs> Maybe when he be on this other side of heaven. I just can't do it on this side. So I'm going to work him. I'm going to do the best I can. I like him. Try not to be disrespectful, but respectful. That's a little much because you don't live with him. Um, what if he doesn't deserve the respect? I do have an answer for you. And I, you, you probably won't like it. But if, if you're really trying to live as unto God, and you're really trying to get the best out of him, will, will you just trust me for a minute? I've been doing been counseling for about 20 years. Okay, I do regular biblical Bible-based counseling with my counselor, my wife. We've been doing it for almost 10 years now. Would you just take my word for it? If I, if I have any credibility or any, anything with you, I'm using it now, using this change. Um, if he's not deserving of the respect, speak to what you believe his God-given potential is. Now, I know you think that's crazy, but you need to know this. This is a divine thing. God does this. Did you know that? God, God does this. Romans chapter 4, Paul writes to the Roman church. He said, he said God... Who, who gives life to the dead. And what does he do? He calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So you, I'm not even arguing with you that your husband might be doing some dumb dead things. You're going to need to speak to those dumb dead things as if they were to exist. You are a woman of God, aren't you? You are a woman of faith, aren't you? I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying he's perfect. Quite honestly, the man, as we know him, could potentially fail you every day of his sweet life. And if your respect was always contingent on his level of perfection, he is going to lose that game every time. And so, can I give you like how my wife does it? Because I need a lot of help. She does it in fights. She doesn't play fair. So I like to fight. I'm a really good arguer. I have a long fuse, but once I'm ready to go off, I'm like, let's go. Let's go. Let's fight. I want to do it. It feels good. And so she'll, I'll be saying something or something. We'll be, you know, because, you know, when you're mad and you be fighting and you're emotional, we all act a fool. So you don't say the right things. And so I'll be mad. And she'll be like, is that how you want to act, man of God? <laughs> that's cheating. Right? <laughs> Guys, that's cheating. That's cheating. Sure, man of God, that's not who. Mm -mm. Really? Are you sure? You want to try again? I'm like, stop calling me. I don't, I don't want to be a man of God. Stop calling me a man of God. I want to be a man. I like being a man. I want to be just a man today. Can I just be a man? She goes, no, that's not who you are. I know who you are, Eric. Do you know the power of a woman looking at you and saying, I know who you are? I know who you are. This is not you. She stopped me dead in my trap. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know, it'll be easy. It'll be easy to speak to his faults and not his potential.
just be easy. And so when my wife believes in me, the opposite is so true. I feel, inv- I feel like nothing can stop me. Sometimes, I don't know if you guys get like this, but sometimes I just have days where I just, I'm down. Just her speaking life to me makes all the difference. Number two, what you don't say. So it's what you say, right? Respect's found what you say. But it's also what you don't say. And because you're his family, you're going to be closest to him. You're going to have like, you're going to see all his shortcomings and all of his faults. I always tell people like they always want to hang out with the pastor until they hang out with the pastor. Because then y'all see that I'm just a dude. And I got issues like you. I got problems like you. And like the closer you get to the man of God with his armor, you start to see all the holes in it. Like, well, he looks really good on the platform. But man, he struggles with his faith and he struggles with his wife and he doesn't know how to raise his kids. And he's, I mean, he's got issues too. Like, like man, like you're going to get to see the closer you are. This means you, you'll have more moments to tear him down. Don't take the bait. Don't, don't tear him down. In the weak areas of his life, pray for him. It's my wife's, can I just say this? It's my wife's silent prayers over me that make all the difference. It's the most effective than the vocal teardowns. It's more effective because here's what happens. What it is is you want somebody to get him, and you think because you, you were there and you saw it and you got to get him. I would submit to you, maybe you let the Holy Spirit get him. If you're a woman of God and a woman of faith, you let the Spirit. Now, I'm not talking about egregious sin and egregious behavior. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Okay, so like if that's happening, obviously reach out to somebody, make sure. It's not unsafe. But, but, but what I'm talking about is majority of the time, if there's something, mm, be careful. Be careful your, your negative words aren't doing more hurt than harm. And can I just say this one practical thought? I will say this. It's just kind of one of my pet peeves. I think it's just an issue. This is just a side note. Um, don't tear him down in public especially. Be, be careful. And when I say public, I mean in public places. I mean in front of his kids. I mean in front of his friends. It is not funny if he's the butt of all your jokes. It's, it's, he, you, you, there, there's, no, there's nothing worse than an emasculated man who can't be a man because his wife keeps tearing him, keeps tearing him down. Now, I, I'll say this. One of the best resources that I know that would help with this is a book called Love and Respect. And um, I, I want to make a deal with you. Can I make a deal with you? All right, this is my deal with you. Okay. Um, our church and our staff, our, our pastors, we believe in you so much that if you commit to reading this book, okay, if you want to commit to reading this book, um, it's called Love and Respect, one of the best resources I know. If you commit to reading this book, um, we'll give a book to you. I'll give it to you for free. So here's how you do that. You just sign up, put your QR code up there. You can do that or go to the information center and you just let us know and we'll give one per family away so that you can read it. You, one, y'all, one can read it one at a time, different at times, but we'll, we'll, I'll, commit, I'll invest into you so that you can get better at doing the, the love and the respect thing. Is that cool? Is that, is that okay? Everybody say okay? All right, I'll invest in you, but you have to register and make sure you get it next week. So here's how you get it. You get it next week, okay? So we know how many we need to get. We'll get those many, and then you next week you can come pick it up from the information center. Does that sound good? All right, we'll do that. Number two, number two. So the first was please respect me, uh, respect us. The second one was please help us. Please help us. Five needs of a man. Please help us. Genesis chapter two goes back to the beginning. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone, so I will make a what? A, a helper 
who is just right for him. The uh, Hebrew there for helper is is Azer. Is I mean, it, it was it was similar in the idea of the Greek word parakletos. It's it's all designed to be a sacred helper who is designed to actually come alongside and to do well and play a unique role with the man who with the leader who's who's right in that area. And and it's not less value. It's equal value. Different role. Equal value. Different role. And that, that, that he brought the, the lady, the, the, the helpmate to come alongside so that you can actually find what can be uniquely helpful to your husband. And here's how you know if you're helpful. Y'all know how you want to know how you know if you help. Because I know some ladies were like, I'm helping him. And it don't look like help. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all, I just talked about it. You think helping him is tearing him down. But it's not helpful. Y'all see what I'm saying? So you have to find, ladies, you have to find a unique way to help your husband into stepping into the man that he could be. And every man's different. Every man needs a different way of help. Okay? My wife verbally helps me. Some of y'all need to be, like, like uh, emotionally helped. Some of y'all need some, like, help to come alongside. That could look like maybe stuff at the home. That could look like stuff where you're, you're professional and you're making money for the home. That could be, there's a whole kinds of, y'all see what I'm saying? There's a whole kinds of ways to learn how to help. But if your role is to help then i pray that you would not just accept that role you would excel in that role because it not only helps you it helps the family if you again i'll say this like i said last week the only time you see dysfunction in a family what does a dysfunctional family look like it's people not playing their proper role in the family period and if we can't step into that it gets real, it gets real, tr- it, it, it's hard. Man, I will say this. Your role to play in that is to allow yourself to be helped. Because I know a whole a bunch of dudes be like, I don't need no help. I'm good. I don't want to be helped. Don't help me. I don't need help. I can do it myself. Can I just tell you, you're impressing no one with your pride. We all need help. Guys, if, if, if God has blessed you with a woman or a family to come alongside and help you, be humble enough to say, I receive it. Be humble enough to say, I receive it. How can you be a helper? Just a few thoughts. Number one, encourage. I talked a little bit about this, but ladies, your words mean so much. Encourage a man. That's a good help. Number two, comfort. I think comforting your husband, when in times of struggle and stress and trouble, some of the best times I've had with my, my, my wife were, were, were just times where I was hurting, and she came alongside, and she just helped me. And she helped me in the way. She has to learn. She's had to learn this. This has been a, a unique thing for me because sometimes I want to hear certain things. Guys, y'all know what I'm talking about. Sometimes, you know, I don't need, it to, I don't need to be, like, 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 I don't need to be patronized a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't be like, hey, you're going to do it, like, right in the middle of the thing. Sometimes her help and comfort is just... Hugging me, you know what I mean? Hey, I'm just here. Tell me, hey, honey, when, whatever you need, I'm, I'm here. When, whenever you're ready to talk, I'm here. Not forcing it. Y'all see what I'm saying? There's comfort level. Um, counsel. Just so you know, ladies, there is nothing, I, I believe personally, I believe in the studies of Scripture, there's nothing more powerful than a woman being able to give wisdom to the man. Which, by the way, the Bible calls wisdom a woman. You want me to prove it to you? 
Proverbs 4, 8, put it up on the screen. So it says, so, so do not forsake wisdom. And who will protect, who will protect you? She. Oh, really? She will protect you. She will protect you. She will protect. Wisdom is a woman. So wisdom that sometimes you're looking for in Google or your friends is actually right next to you. And you don't want to hear it because you think you know more. Y'all. And, and ladies, don't. So for you ladies, don't back down from that. God puts you in his life for you to say, this church wouldn't be here if I didn't listen to my wife. Wisdom is a woman. And there's some counsel that needs to come primarily from you. And the fourth one is, I think, intercede, 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 pray, pray. There's nothing more powerful than a praying wife. If you're not waking up at least one moment in the day, I don't care if you just roll out of bed and you go, Lord, bless that man in Jesus' name. That's enough. But you better do something. Because we all need it. Ladies, can we just agree that we need to pray for your husband? Your, 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 your husband. Yeah, okay. All right. Number three. Uh, um, okay, this is, the, this is the sensitive part. All right? So if you're not of age, be careful. Please be intimate with us. Please be intimate with us. I find it funny that Christians cringe at things like this in church when you'll, you'll pay money to go to a theater and sit your family in front of a screen while you're eating popcorn as it's preaching a message to you about what men and women look like and how they relate to each other, what sex really looks like in a family. And you and I will be indoctrinated with our families on Netflix and on social media and everything around our life. And it's okay for them to talk about it when they didn't even invent it. And their version of it is perverse. And we don't say nothing about it. So I'm talking about it today because this is where you should talk about it. Because last time I checked, my Bible tells me that, that God gave sex to the man and woman inside of marriage as a gift. So we're going to talk about it for just a second. Um, you need to know this, ladies. All men want to be sexually desired. All men need it. This is not something you need it. We're obviously visual creatures. It's, I mean, this is science in a lot of ways. So you don't even need to believe the Bible about this. But the Bible says a lot of this. But I'm just saying, at the end of the day, there's a need in a man to be de- intimately satisfied by his wife. Um, now, now I will say this, men, you play a part in this. Okay. Here's your part to play. Can I give you just a couple of helpful tips? Cause I feel like, you know, when you don't grow up with fathers who go down through these types of things, you don't know how to do it properly. So you're left to, uh, sports illustrated and all the cool guy things, golf digest to tell us how we're supposed to be. Um, or you don't do anything at all. So number one, uh, y'all play a part in this. Number one, grooming matters. Hello. <laughs> Ladies, I'm doing you a favor right now. You better say, this is your time to amen. I've been getting you all service long. This is your time to get, I'm getting him. (laughs) Grooming, stinking matters. Your teeth, brush your teeth. I'm sorry I had to say this, but I meet guys where I'll be talking to you right here. And in church, I'll be right here. You'll be talking to me right here. And I'm the whole time my eyes are watering. I'm just like, I love you, man. I do. I love you. But can you back up and take a breath, man? Please brush your teeth. 
your hair. Just like uh, there's an epidemic going on where I feel like it's the cool thing now to look like you have no comb <laughs> and no razor and no way. I'm telling you, like, you'd be like, no, this is my style. It's not a style thing. It's a grooming thing. And you walk around with stuff up in your beard and you'd be like, it's cool. No, it isn't. It's not cool. Wash your face. Uh, smell. Can I just say this for all the ladies in the, all the single ladies? Like, I'm just telling you. Take a shower. Put de There's this thing called deodorant. You don't need to wear cologne if you clean yourself. I mean, this is serious stuff. Because here's what's funny. We won't do anything to prepare ourselves for the woman we want to be desired by. And then you get mad at her for not desiring you because you're undesirable. <laughs> I mean, I've had people in my office and they're like, she doesn't desire me. And I'm like, homie, let me show you a mirror and then we'll have this conversation. You don't need to look like me. You don't need to look like someone in a magazine. It's not a preference thing. It's not a style thing. You can be groomed and professional looking like a hipster. You can be groomed and professional looking like a cowboy. You can be groomed and professional looking like, like you know, like a you know, business associate. It doesn't matter what your style is. I could care less as long as you care about what you are presenting to your bride. My wife won't kiss me in the morning. You want to know why? Take a wild guess. I hadn't brushed my teeth. I'm like, it's not like that in the movies. She goes, well, this isn't the movies. Get that Oral-B going. Go ahead. Rinse. All right. Clothing. It matters how you dress, man. It matters how you dress. I mean, guys, we walk around in sweats up in the grocery store. Like, come on, homie. You, you, we, the message you're sending in the world is, I've given up. I've given up. It matters. It matters. Don't tell me it don't matter. We're talking about we're talking about courting your bride continually. If you want what you want, you better care about it. I will say this as well. Personality. Not personality type, just that you have one. <laughs> okay? Like that you care about being likable. Oh my gosh, that is a thing. I was talking to somebody the other day. They're like, you know, my kid in college or not. And I'm like, honestly, to be quite honest with you, like, are they, it, just make sure he's likable. Because there's a lot of smart people who don't have any jobs. And you want to know why? Because they're not likable. They're not personable. They're not actually people we tend to like. Women, you want to know what your part to play is in this? See man's part to play in this. You should do all those things as well. You should care about that stuff. Attraction happens when we are attractional. Intimacy, by the way, can I just say this? Intimacy, intimacy in marriage is not a physical issue. It's a spiritual issue. Because yeah. some of you ladies, I think, have uh, like devalued it because it's so, like the world is devalued. Like the world has made it seem so casual. We think that intimacy in marriage is like casual. It's not casual. It's spiritual. Paul actually addressed this. In 1 Corinthians, the letter to the church, he says, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, he says, the, the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. Verse 5, jump to verse 5. Do not deprive each other of their sexual relations. You, this is important, you should come together again so that why, so why? So that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Denying each other is a big deal. Don't use it as a weapon. Right. 
Because you think you're hurting him, you're only hurting yourself. Satan's just waiting for that door to be open. I'm just telling you. It's a big deal. Number four is this. Please develop yourself. We're talking about five needs of a man. You, you need to learn how to develop your, yourself, ladies. It matters. You need to know this. Followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus, and Jesus himself all developed as they were on this earth, which means they continually grew. Colossians chapter 9, I like what Paul mentions, how he mentions this. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge, the will of all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord, please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. And what is that word? Growing in the knowledge of God. Often in marriage, we stop developing ourselves because we feel like, well, when they said I do, I don't. I'm done. Guys, we feel like we caught the prize. Ladies, you feel like, well, if I don't think he's going to ever change. We just kind of all just, we just are. We just exist. We just kind of float. If you're a follower of Jesus, development is a big deal to you because it's a big deal to God. Every day you should get better at something. Three ways to develop, I think, is good, important. Uh, physically, make time to take care of yourself. Your body is a temple. Ladies, it matters. I'm not telling you to look like a model. But I'm telling you, you should care about how your body looks. You should. Because your husband cares. He's a visual guy. God cares. He, he cares about how you take care of the body that he gave you. And everybody's built different. This is not a size issue. This is a, I care about my life, so I'm going to therefore take the time to honor God with what he gave me. Which means I'm not going to have that box of chocolates every night. Which means I'm going to take time to go get physically healthy so I can be around for my kids and my wife or my, and my husband, right? Yeah. I'm going to do what I can do. Why? Because my body matters. I'm going to physically develop under God. I know that's not fun to talk about. I know we feel like, oh, tell me the part about blessing. This is how you do that. <laughs> Number two, intellectually, um, you need to make time to have stimulating, uh, stimulating conversation with your husband. Um, can I just say this from a side note? Any book I read and any counseling that I've ever had, um, this is a big deal that's overlooked a lot. You need to know this. Emotional affairs happen before physical affairs happen. And if your husband has a stimulating conversation with people outside of you because you decide not to understand current events, because you decide not to understand real life, because you don't take interest in what he has interest in, he finds people who have interest in the things that he has interest in. Now, that doesn't give him an excuse to go do whatever he wants. Please don't hear that. But if you're his wife, it matters that you develop intellectually. You should care about some of those things that he cares about. And, and guys, be careful. Be careful with your online relationships. Can I just say this? Just because I feel like this is not said. As plain as I can say this, it's not appropriate for you to have relationships with your exes on social media. dramatic pause <laughs> no it's okay everything's great it's a big deal we're friends no it's not you have an emotional connection to someone and you're just keeping the fire going because of why oh we're friends oh, okay i got lots of friends it's not appropriate you're just leaving little things open you're just letting, and, and it's so interesting to me because people be like, it's not that big of a deal. And then I sit in the office with them as it's not that big of a deal. What it's become now a big deal. Yeah. And I'm like, oh no, A plus B equals C, bro. It's not appropriate. Just telling you. 
If you want to write a letter, you can email Pastor Jason. Number three, <laughs> uh, spiritually, you need to take time uh, for the things of God if you're a lady in here. Your husband's your spiritual leader in the family, but that doesn't mean it's his responsibility to make sure you develop as a Christian. A little bit of that, like, he can lead you to the water, but you don't have to drink it. I know a lot of ladies who are like, they, they, they rely on their husband to be their spiritual connection to God. Remember this. Um, no man should stand in place of your ability to hear the voice of God. Last one is this, and I'm done. Please have fun with us. I'm closing. You can play the music. Please have fun with us. Conversa Listen to me. This is important. Conversation to women is what adventure is to men. It's important for you to join him on his adventures regularly. Not all the time. But you should go do stuff with him. You'll never know what it does for him. You know, can I, can I brag on my wife a little bit? She, she's really good at this. I love the game of golf. It's God's game. It's going to be in heaven. It just will. But in heaven, I probably won't like it as much because I feel like I'll shoot 72 every time. Anyway, um, but um, I love it. And um, just this last week, we were on a trip, and I went and played golf. And I asked my wife, I said, babe, hey, will you just come sit in the cart with me? She goes, absolutely. And so she bought herself a golf outfit. <laughs> and I got my golf clubs, and she sat there, and she just, like, painted. She has this little travel paint thing. She sat in the golf cart, and I'd, I'd get out, and I'd hit the shot, and I'd cuss because it went <laughs> left. And uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what happens on the golf course stays on the golf course. Is that okay? All right. Anyway, so I'm not always my holy moment, so I hit it. Honey, you did so good. She didn't even know what I did. <laughs> she didn't even know what's going on. She's just there. Honey, you did so good. I sat in the cart. I was mad. She kissed me on my cheek. This is, this is the best golf game of my life. <laughs> because she just shared the adventure with me. And so, ladies, you got to define what, what does he like to do? What does he want to go do? This is a skill you got to develop. Have fun with him. Um couple things about that. Join in without being asked. Next time he's going to go do something, hey, honey, can I go? See what his face does. Now, he might say no. He'd be like, no, women know women allowed. You know what I'm saying? But, 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 but ask him. And then when you're there, don't complain. So it would have been worse if she's sitting in the golf cart and she's like, how long are we going to be here? Because you're terrible and this is not a good painting environment. <laughs> Um, she would have been right, but it, it wouldn't have been helpful. Um, enhance the moment. Do what you can. You know what she did when she kissed my cheek? She enhanced the moment. Because I don't ever get kisses from the guys I play with at golf. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That'd be weird. Homie, what are you doing? You know? Um, and then she taught me this. She, she taught me this at the end of the thing. She said, thanks for going out with me. Thanks for letting me go out with you. I had a really good time. Let them know you enjoyed it. You, I'm telling you, that stuff just puts little, just buy you two outfits. You know what I'm saying? Like, just whatever. I think if we do, just, these are not getting off the exhaustive list, but my hope is that some of this stuff will be helpful to you and your family. And uh, these are all Bible things. These are all Bible things.
God cares about that. And my prayer for you is that uh, you do it in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God. I thank you that today, Lord, you, you taught us some things. You helped us understand some things about life and family. These are all biblical understandings of a man. And uh, I just pray for every one of the ladies in here, God, that they would take away maybe something from this that, that would be helpful. And uh, maybe they do a couple of these. Maybe they don't do any of them. Maybe they do all of them but one. God, whatever their step is, I just pray you reveal it to them. Help them do it in Jesus' name.